Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapter 26. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We've got a lot of pearls, I should say, before us tonight that I think, uh, you know, it's amazing when you study God's word, how you see things that you've never seen before. I don't care how long you've been studying God's word. Uh, There's always something new. There's always something fresh. Amen. And, and, and you, you can be a Christian for, you know, 30 years and read something in the Bible and you go, wow, I've never seen that before. And, uh, and it's wonderful to do that. And that's why God's word is living. God's word is not like, you know, The New York Times bestseller book, you read it once, that's all you need to read it. And because you ain't going to get any more out of it. But God's word is a living word. And because it's a living word, it just keeps breathing and keeps giving us more and more and more as as you read it. You know, somebody once said that um, God's word is deep enough for a theologian to drown in and shallow enough for a baby to swim in. Isn't that true? You know, Theo, I've got my MDiv. I know the word. Well, you keep reading it and you'll learn more. You can never, ever, ever get enough of God's word. Somebody say amen. And uh, so I'm amazed, absolutely amazed at what we are going to see tonight and what we are going to learn tonight. Lord, we ask you to give us ears to hear and hearts to receive the word. In Jesus' name we pray and all of God's people agree and said. Amen. Listen, chapter 26, we are doing our verse by verse study, going through looking at Jesus in a tabernacle. Now, if you've been with us, give me your attention. You know that we are up on the mountain with God and Moses. Remember Moses earlier, Moses has left off Joshua, Aaron, her, Nadab, and Abihu at the foot of the mountain. Moses goes up on the mountain. Remember, don't you remember? The mountain is quaking. The mountain is covered in smoke and fire. And Moses enters the presence of God. God has been giving Moses some very, very specific instructions on how to build his house. And God was specific and God was serious. How do you know, Rodney? Why do you say that? Because over and over, as a matter of fact, go ahead and peek at it. Exodus 25 in verse 9. Over and over, God said to be sure to make it according to the pattern which you were shown in the mountain. Exodus 25 verse 9. You're looking at it. And then look at Exodus chapter 25 verse 40. Again, over and over. God saying, make it specifically like I'm telling you, Mo. 25 verse 40. And see to it that you make them according to the 
pattern which was shown you on the mountain. And again, we'll fast forward Exodus chapter 26 and look at right about verse 30. And you shall raise up the tabernacle according to its what? Pattern which was shown you on the mountain. So God, listen, over and over is giving Moses these instructions on how to build it. And God wants it built specifically. And that's what we have here in our text. Tonight is very specific. A bunch of measurements as God is very concerned that his house is built the way he wants it to be built. Now, if you haven't been with us, we've been studying Jesus and the tabernacle. And we have been looking, give me your attention, saints. We've been looking at the pictures and types and parallels of Jesus in the tabernacle. And so far, if you've been with us, you know, we have already covered the Ark of the Covenant and how we can see Jesus in the Ark of the Covenant. If you were with me, say amen. And then we've covered the mercy seat. Remember, that's the lid that sat on the Ark of the Covenant. And we looked at Jesus in the mercy seat. And then we've seen Jesus in the table of showbread. And then we've seen Jesus last week in the golden lampstand. And tonight, listen, we turn our attention to the tent itself again. Fascinating. We are going to see Jesus in the tent itself. Exodus chapter 26. We'll look at verses one through six, and then we'll come back and I'll have some more comments for you. Look at Exodus 26. Look at verse one. If you're looking at it, say amen. Moreover, you shall make the tabernacle with 10 curtains of fine woven linen and blue. Now the fine woven linen is white and blue and purple and scarlet thread with artistic design of cherubim. That's two. The I am in Hebrew, remember, is the plurality, speaks to plurality. So the cherubim, that's two, and you shall weave them. The length of each curtain shall be in verse two, 28 cubics, and the width of each curtain, four cubics. And every one of the curtains shall have the same measurements. Five curtains shall be coupled to one another, and the other five curtains shall be coupled to one another. And you shall make loops of blue yarn on the edge of the curtain on the selvage. I think that's how you pronounce that. Of one set. And likewise, you shall do on the outer edge of the other curtain of the second set. Fifty loops you shall make in the one curtain. Fifty loops you shall make on the edge of the curtain that is on the end of the second set, that the loops may be clasped to one another. And you shall make fifty clasps of what, saints? Gold. And couple the curtains together with the clasps. And would you underline this? So that it may be one tabernacle. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. This text, as I told you, is very specific. The chapter is very specific and it's so specific that you actually have to read it many, many times. I've probably read this chapter probably 20 times at least because I want to get it in my mind because it's so very, very specific and, and, and just, you know, get it in your mind, all the measurements and the pictures of the tabernacle. And so let me just try to make it simple for you as a tabernacle. Listen, was a tent simply this. The tabernacle was a tent 
with a frame. The tabernacle was a tent with a frame and a series of coverings over that frame. The tabernacle had essentially three layers or three coverings over the frame. Now, here are the three layers in verses one through six. And we're going to talk about this. We just read it in just a second. You have the inner linen curtains of the tabernacle in verses one through six. The inner linen curtains of the tabernacle. And then in verse seven through 13, you have the second layer of curtains of the tabernacle, the second layer. And then finally, in verse 14, you have the final layer, if you will, of a curtain, the outer layer of the tabernacle. So you've got three layers that are held up by boards and sockets. Then in verse 15 through 30, we'll talk about the frame itself, the frame itself, the boards and the sockets of the tabernacle. And then next week, you got to come back because in verses 31 through 35, we're going to talk about Jesus and the veil of the temple. Fascinating. You don't want to miss it. We'll take that by itself the next time. Now, give me your attention. Remember some weeks ago, I gave you a series of types and parallels that we find here in the book of Exodus types and parallels. And I kind of want to just refresh your memory here because it's important that you understand the types and the parallels before we can go forward in understanding the tabernacle and its items and the layers itself. So let's look at this here. Let me refresh your memory talking about the various types and parallels in the old Testament gold. Listen, always is a type of what saints deity. You know that. It's a type of the glory of God. And then silver is always a type of, do you know, redemption or ransom. And then brass, as you look through the Bible, you'll see brass is always a type of judgment. And then blue, what do you suspect blue would be a type of? Heaven. Very good. The heavenlies or heavenly nature. And then purple, of course, you know, this is the type of what? Royalty, very good. And then scarlet. Scarlet is a type of suffering. Scarlet is a type of sacrifice or the blood. And then fine linen. Fine linen is a type of righteousness or purity. And then goat's hair. And we'll look at goat's hair tonight. It's a type of sin offering. We'll find that in Leviticus chapter 16 when we get there. And then you have the ran skin dyed red. Ram skin dyed red is a type of consecration or obedience. You see that and you'll find that in Exodus 29. We'll talk about it a little bit more then. And then also acacia wood. Remember, you've been with us on Wednesday night. You know, acacia wood is a type of what? Humanity. Very good. And then listen, every single Calvary Chapel person in this room ought to know this one. Oil is a type of the. Holy Spirit, very good. And then finally, spices or incense is a type of prayer or intercession. If you're taking notes, you write this down. Revelation chapter 5, verse 8, and Revelation chapter 8, verse 34. You find that prayer is a type of, uh, or incense is a type of prayer and intercession. Now, notice in verse 6, let's go back to verses 1 through 6. 
we want to notice that God has given Moses the plan from the inside out. Remember we talked about that? As God looks down from heaven, God is giving Moses the plan for the tabernacle from the inside out, starting with the interior of the tabernacle. God first gave him the plans for the furniture, and then God is working out. You know, I thought to myself today, are you listening? Isn't that just the way that God works with people? Doesn't God work from the inside out? You know, we work from the outside in. We're concerned with how it all looks. That's why some folks are religious. Because, oh, how do you look on the outside? God is not so concerned with the outside. We're going to learn that a little bit tonight as we look at the tabernacle itself. And it was not a beautiful edifice. The tabernacle wasn't like the crystal cathedral. You know, out in California, they got the big churches all glass and you can see it from the road. It's like, oh, there it is. You know, we get all caught up in the outward. God is more concerned with the inward. God works from the inside out. Now, notice, saints, the first thing that we have is a description of the inside linen covering. The linen was made by sewing. Look, we just read it. I'm going to give it to you in a nutshell. The linen was made by sewing five curtains together, and each one was 42 feet long, six feet wide. After you joined them in sets of five, then you would join two sets of five together. And then it was 42 feet long, 60 feet wide. The two sets of five were to be connected by loops of fabric and the gold clasp to link the loops from one set of five to the other set of five. They were gold clasps. It's very important that you remember that. Now, there are a total of 10 curtains. We just read it. And two angels or cherubim are on each of them. So what we have is a total of 20 angels. Also woven in on the curtains, if you're listening, say amen. Also, you want to notice the colors that are used in this, in these curtains. There are four colors. We have fine linen, which I already told you is white. We have blue, scarlet, and purple. Notice the four colors. Each of them, listen, have significance. I just gave you the types. Right. Blue is the color of heaven. Purple is the color of royalty. You know, I think of Jesus when they mocked him and they put a robe on him. They put a purple robe on him because he claimed to be the king of the Jews. The color of royalty. Scarlet, as I told you, is a color of suffering or sacrifice. And then white is the color of righteousness. So, so far already, are you trying to picture this? And I'm trying to paint you a picture in your mind. Inside, as you're standing in the tabernacle, you automatically, now I'm getting ahead of myself, but you see all of this gold stuff. And then you look up and you got this linen curtain covering the tabernacle and you see all of this color. You know, God is into color. I'm going to say amen to that. 
Y'all ain't feeling me. I said, God is in the color. <laughs> Just a little joke, joke, calm down. It's okay. It's all right. You know, man is bland. You know, we like everything black. I don't, my, my house is full of color. I'll tell you, my house is full of color. I mean, not just black folks, but I mean, it's just. <laughs> I mean, on the walls. See, I mean, on the walls. We got color. I love color. Color makes you feel good. Color is like God. You don't think God's in the color? Have you ever taken a look outside? You can't miss it. God loves color. Now, mind you, he's given, given the details on his house because it's in this place, this tabernacle. Are you listening? That God is dwelling. And God says, Moses, here's what I want. I want color, various colors. Now, it's very interesting because, listen, when you see the number four in the Bible, I don't know, maybe just me. But when I see the number four, I immediately think of the four Gospels and each of the four Gospels give a different picture of Jesus. Remember, I told you that Matthew wrote to to the Jews about the king of the Jews. Matthew was a Jew writing to the Jews about the king of the Jews. And what do we have with that kingly color? We have purple. Purple is the color that best fits a king. And then Mark gives us the picture of Jesus as a suffering servant. And scarlet is the color that best fits with suffering. And then Luke gives us the picture of Jesus as the perfect man. And that speaks to righteousness. That speaks of purity, if you will, white. And then John gives us the picture of Jesus as God in his heavenliness who came down to tabernacle among us. And the heavenlies, I just told you, speaks of what color? Blue. So isn't it very possible? Listen, is this not a possibility? This is my submission. It is very possible that God is giving us the gospel story woven together in the colors of the curtains that make up the inner layer of the tent. Just a possibility. Now, let me tell you a little bit about, because the color scarlet is very, very interesting. If you've been around here at Calvary Chapel, you've already heard this next piece. So you can check out and I'll tell you when to check back in. Okay. But if you haven't and you haven't been here and you don't know, this color scarlet is very interesting because where they got the color, the dye, Scarlet was from the Tola worm, T-O-L-A-H, the Tola worm. This worm is a worm that the Levites, the Levites would crush up. And when they crushed it, this, this scarlet colored dye would secrete from its crushing. And they would take that dye and they would dye the curtains or the veil of the temple or many materials were used with this color. Now, the most interesting thing about this Tola worm, are you still listening? If you're listening, say amen. amen. The most interesting thing, interesting, interesting thing 
about this Tola worm is that this worm would give birth to its young by climbing a tree and then it would explode. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> it's true. It really is. I promise. <laughs> she said, what? Go ahead. <laughs> no, that's, that's right. And, uh, and, 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 and listen, when it exploded, it would leave this stain on the tree. And then get this. Three days later, that stain would dry and it would become white like a like snowflake. And wasn't it Isaiah who told us that though our sins are like scarlet, they shall be whiter than snow? Isn't it very interesting that take this worm, it's in the process of reproduction comes death. So with the death, this reproduction takes place as it's making its way up the tree and giving birth to its young. Even in the worm, don't you remember just a couple of weeks ago, it's communion. I don't even know my dates. I'm just, my schedule's crazy. Communion. Psalm 22. Remember we talked about Psalm 22 was a prophetic picture of Jesus. And remember in Psalm 22, verse six, it said, is speaking of Jesus. I am a worm. All men despise me. It said right there about verse six and think about it. Isn't it true of Jesus that Jesus was kind of like a worm, if you will, as he fastened or they fastened him to a tree that would be the cross and, and his scarlet blood was shed that he might give birth. And three days after his blood was shed, he rose again. And, and now our sins become like white as snow Isn't that interesting. That Jesus himself would say, I'm a Tola. I'm like that worm. And, and, and in his death, because of his death, he gave birth to the family of God. To all believers, to all Christians. You see, don't you understand something here? Here, I, I point that out to point this out. When you read the Bible, listen, there is nothing in the Bible that is there by accident. Amen. Nothing. Nothing's there by accident. If, in fact, the Holy Spirit is the author of this book, then there is nothing in here that is by mistake. Everything in here has meaning. And everything might I submit. Are you listening? Everything has meaning and everything points to Jesus. Now I've been studying the Bible for a good minute. <laughs> now. And I'm still growing. And I'm still learning. And I'm still seeing stuff. That I never saw before. And I'm still growing in my understanding that when Jesus said, lo, I have come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will. O God, the volume of the book means the whole kit and caboodle. Well, last time you heard kit and caboodle. <laughs> Who came up with that anyway? What's a caboodle? 
<laughs> and don't you remember what he said to the Pharisees? He said, uh, it's one of my favorite verses. In John chapter 5, verse 39, you look that up in your own time. But he said to the Pharisees, he said, you do search the scriptures and in them you think you have life, but they are they which testify of me. Jesus said, look, to the Pharisees, he said, if you're reading the Bible, which will be the first five books of Moses for them, if you're reading the Bible and you don't see me, then you are reading it wrong. Then you're missing it. So we know out of the words in the mouth of Jesus himself that the whole book is about him. There is nothing in the Bible that is not about Jesus. Nothing. Isn't that amazing? And all these little details that the Lord gives us in the scriptures. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.